the Jam Room Podcast. <laughs> mm. Oh, having a drinky poo. Excuse me. Welcome to the Jam Room Podcast, everybody. I hope you're doing well out there, as always. What's been going on in your world? Something fun, I hope. Uh, let's get into things. Some new music and all that sort of stuff. That's what we do here on this podcast. After pleasantries and asking you um, redundant questions that you're not going to answer. But, you know, please, if you've had a bad week or a good week, yeah, fucking let me know. You know, I could bring it up on the next podcast and make fun of it or something like that whatever it is what it is happy father's day um to those who celebrate i don't know when father's day is in the rest of the world but it was this sunday here in australia um so yeah happy father's day to all the daddies out there all the fucking single moms or whatever whatever father figure you had in your life i hope you spoiled him with um cheap shit the way we always kind of celebrated kind of fucking nothing my, my dad's like the hardest guy in the world to buy for. And, and I guess a lot of people um, of sort of similar age to me are in that same boat where the dad, your dad just doesn't give a shit about fucking anything. You, there is no present you could buy your dad that's going to make him happy, right? If he wants it, he's bought it, right? These retired old men, they've got some money. They'll, they'll fucking buy whatever the fuck they want. So you've got to come up with like things that either they just wouldn't buy for themselves but definitely could but they haven't because of some other weird reason like couldn't be bothered or something like that or or um you buy them something that they didn't know they needed uh and they kind of find out why they didn't need it uh but they appreciate the gift anyway so either yeah whatever i bought my dad a whole bunch of <laughs> just fucking um snacks really I just went to the local grocery store and bought him some nice cheese and crackers and chocolate and crisps and stuff like that. That was literally the best suggestions I got from all my other family members, right? That's what my mum said to get him. Meanwhile, a week before that, um, he was diagnosed with a terrible heart condition uh, where he's pretty much a ticking time bomb. Well, not ticking that well. You know, a ticking time bomb at least ticks, but his heart uh, barely does that apparently, running at 30% capacity or some shit. Uh, and so the suggestions were cheese, chocolates, all really good things for heart. You know, no one no one suggested salmon. Um, yeah, so I went against it, you know. I don't, you know, if he doesn't care about his heart condition, neither do I. You know, just because I bought him all this bullshit that might kill him doesn't mean he has to eat it, right? Yeah, anyway, fucking, it is what it is. So yeah, happy Father's Day. I hope you celebrated it well. And spoilt your whatever, yeah, your patriarchal figure in your life or whatever. I had fun fucking Friday night, guys. I actually um, got to jam with uh, Liam and Patrick a little bit. I used the word jamming loosely. We didn't jam that much. We kind of tried to flesh out some ideas and I guess rehearsal is probably the, you know, songwriting slash rehearsal. Probably a better descriptor of what we did um, rather than just jamming because, you know, 
it's hard to get some chemistry together where, there, where there's those three of us in the room. We're a bit rusty. Uh, whatever. We're not just going to fucking come up with gold off the top of our heads. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so, like I said last time, I'm hoping that we flesh out some song ideas and I've got more to show you guys um, in the future. And I've got to work on it. So I reckon maybe even for next episode or whatever. I don't know. I'm very, very busy this week. But in the near future, guys, in the near future, I'll show you some... Um, Works in progress, some uh, so basic rhythm ideas that then become chords and then maybe evolve into something else. Who the fuck knows? I'll show you some of that stuff. It should be should be pretty fucking fun, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, haven't really been doing too much this weekend. Been super busy with uh, work and all that sort of shit. And uh, I do apologize if you hear a whole bunch of nonsense going on in the background, like someone talking through a megaphone. Um, I don't live that far from a from a high school, and they have their fucking um, faction carnival bullshit sports day going on today. It seems because uh, I can hear this megaphone uh, going on. A, a very enthusiastic announcer, he is. Um, he's cheering everybody on, um, but you know, who knows? I, I should be able to tell which factions fucking win from from here, but. Uh, I don't know. I can tell his enthusiasm, but I can't quite pick up on um, which faction. And here in Australia, we only have four factions in any fucking school. There's red, yellow, green, or blue. That's it. And then they give them stupid names, but they've always been that color scheme. There's no fucking purple faction, or fucking maroon, or gold. I mean, we used to call the yellow faction gold when we were in school, but that was just to be nice to those guys, because they never fucking won. It was kind of an ironic name, you know? Nah, it's fucking gold faction. Those fucking losers never got gold. Where's your gold, gold faction? Anyway. So I do apologize if you hear some bullshit announcements going on in the background, like I'm fucking doing this podcast in an airport. I'm not doing it in an airport. I'm in my fucking bar outside. And I'm pretty far away from this school. That's how fucking loud this, uh, this megaphone is. But yeah, good for them. Whatever. Enough with the fucking megaphone. Let's get onto some bullshit for today. There's plenty of new music to check out. I checked out some of it. We'll talk about it, as always. Um, but there was some new music news-ish, a weird story going around the internet. I thought I'd chat to you guys about it because I think it's pretty interesting, pretty cool. There's a little bit of uh, historical um, lessons to be learned from this, right? But I'm going to have a sip of beer first. Mm. Ah. You know how um, algorithms work? And they're very customized to your particular tastes. So, you know, some people will be like, ah, oh, you know, have you seen this before? And they'll be absolutely shocked if you haven't seen it because in their digital world, it's popped up a million times, right? In my digital world, it might never fucking see the light of day. So in my weird digital world of YouTube... Um, nonsense and stuff like that. I've been seeing a lot of uh, talk over the last couple of weeks about this discovery of um, a Janet Jackson song crashing fucking hard drives of, of particular laptops. So certain laptops, if you play this song, this Janet Jackson song, um, your hard drive will crash and it will fuck up your, your laptop. Well, not fuck it up, but it's not going to brick it. But it'll, um, yeah, the hard drive will fail. You've got to restart it and obviously not play the song anymore. Um, so I thought we'd talk about it because there's a little bit of an interesting historical curiosity to do with music and the way fucking music was recorded and, you know, all this frequency nonsense. Can you hear that? I can hear someone announcing something. Anyway, 
So the song in question, the, the fucking The Offender, is this song called Rhythm Nation uh, by Janet Jackson. And if you don't know the song, um, and I'm on top of my game at all with editing this podcast, which I aren't. Aren't? That's not even a fucking word. Ain't is what I meant to say. I ain't really on top of fucking editing this shit very well. I just sort of hack it through. Um, but if you don't know the song Rhythm Nation, here's a little chunk of it so you know what song I'm talking about, eh? Maybe? Maybe? I think I might be able to do this. So that song, that fucking banger, Rhythm Nation, um, from the 80s, I guess. Sounds like the 80s. Um, but that's an absolute wild guess. I should have written it down in my notes, but I didn't. Um, so this song uh, is apparently some kind of cybersecurity threat because uh, there's a resonant frequency in the bass line or something in this song that causes hard drives to fail. Um, so let's talk about it a little bit, right? So this song, um, is more or less, uh, in the key of E. And I don't want to say E major or minor because the verse of the song is in E minor, but then the chorus fucking uses, um, notes from E major, notes like G sharp, which is a major third, and C sharp. Um, but, uh, you know, they are down a half step in the fucking um in the verse so they're, they're using kind of some blues rules right where you're, you're blending between major and minor and stuff like that but but mostly it's in the key of e why is it in the key of e because it's a funk song and the the basis of blues and funk was sort of originated on the guitar and the low string of guitar is um fucking e so that's why a lot of these songs are going to be in e right um so the big question it, uh, that no one has really addressed about this whole issue, everyone's just sort of um, going off about this on the internet. That's just a weird curiosity. It's like, hey, isn't this weird that this one fucking song does this or blah, 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 blah. But if you really investigate, a million fucking songs should do this because a resonant frequency of the key of E should fuck up the laptop just the same as Rhythm Nation does, right? Um, but there's a little bit more to it. There's a little bit more to it. So, um, fucking equal temperament sort of tuning and standard tuning and stuff is f a fairly new phenomena when it comes to music guys and us agreeing on a basis to tune from, um, is kind of new as well. In fact, it was like, <laughs> there's like legal shit involved. Part of the... Part of some of the resolutions of World War II involved fucking music tuning shit. I don't know. Some conspiracy theorists would fucking go off their nuts talking about fucking 432 uh, should be the real tuning for a, an A note um, because it's more harmonious with whatever, but tuning it to 440 kind of fucks up everything and puts you out of tune with reality or something. Like, you go nuts, you fucking weirdos out there. Basically... Everybody's been fucking around with tuning for a very long time. So back in the fucking mid-1800s, the French law at the time was... Because um, French, French, no, the French, France itself, but the French people of France, um, 
kind of we were big in the music area, I guess, with their orchestras and all this shit. But anyway, their law was that they would tune A to um, uh, 435 hertz, right? So A equals 435. Um, but there was this phenomena called fucking um, pitch inflation going on. So orchestras at the time, they found out that they could tune a little bit higher, like maybe go 437, 439, something like that, tune a little bit higher than their neighboring orchestras play the same piece, and all of a sudden their sounds a little bit more bright and brilliant and evocative or something like that, right? And that was just from this like little trick of the year of just tuning it up a little bit, right? And that would happen all the fucking time because there was no way to um, guarantee everybody was in tune in the same way across towns and stuff like that. Like we're talking to fucking 1800s and stuff like that. Pre-internet, guys. There was, there was none of this mass communication and, and stuff like that. And it wasn't very easy to, to tune to a fucking app on your phone or anything like that like we do nowadays, right? So basically every fucking um, town was tuned differently uh, based on the pitch of their local church pipe organ, usually. Because you can't tune pipe organs. Once they're fucking done, they're done, right? So everyone would just tune to that. And they fucking differed all over the place, right? So something had to be done. But even when something was done, people were cheeky to try and get brownie points, right? Same kind of thing happens in fucking pop music, right? So... With this song, uh, Rhythm Nation by Janet Jackson, yes, it's probably recorded in, in E, a perfect E. And an E normally is around uh, 82, 82.4, I think, 82.4 fucking hertz, sort of overall resonance, right? And that would do nothing to your laptop. But something's going on with fucking Rhythm Nation because it has a fucking sort of baseline sort of resonance of 84.2. So instead of 82.4, it's 84.2. So it's obviously tuned higher. In fact, quite a bit higher. 40 cents higher. Where A, instead of equaling 440 that we normally tune to these days. So these days we tune A is 440. Rhythm Nation is tuned like an A is 450. A little bit higher. And it's not actually tuned this way. It was a production trick that they were doing in the 80s and early 90s to try and make radio sing sig signals. Ah, fucking signals? Singles. Jesus. Fucking, i got to have another drink because I can't talk today. So, they would try and speed up the fucking radio release of a single um, to make it pop a little bit more, sound a bit brighter and stuff like that, right? Um... And that's what they've done with this song here. And um, it's happened all over the fucking place. So uh, check out this. I'm just going to put back to back um, the great fucking riff from uh, Jerry Rafferty's uh, Baker Street, right? The first one you're going to hear is just the normal album release version. And then the same riff I'll play right afterwards. And it's the fucking radio release version. And it's been sped up a little bit. And back in those days, they didn't have fancy software that if you sped up a song, you could keep the pitch the same. Pitch and tempo were kind of tied together. So if you sped up the tempo, you increase the pitch, right? Ever so slightly. So check this out. This is the first thing you'll hear, the actual album version. Second thing, radio release, Baker Street. 
So as you can tell, the second pass of that fucking riff is way poppier. Like it pops out, not poppier in, in genre, but you know, it pops out a lot more. It's, it feels brighter and, and more alive, right? This was using a fucking Vera Speed thing on their tape sort of mastering things. They would normally speed uh, these radio releases one or 2% a little bit, right? Just to bump it up a little bit. And that's definitely what's happened with this Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation. And by the way, I know I just played it earlier. And if it crashed your laptop, I'm fucking sorry about that. But it fucking is what it is. Um, because there is no album version versus the radio release version of that particular song. So I couldn't show you the original. I mean, I could fucking slow it down for you or something like that but that would take too much time and like i said me and my editing of this podcast what fucking ever it doesn't really matter hey so it turns out that from that weird little decision for them to speed up this song hits a fucking resonant frequency that crashes hard drives and that's just based on you know everything has a resonant frequency the same way you can you know smash a wine glass by finding its frequency and singing into it people can do that all the time I haven't been able to master it, never really tried, um, but the same fucking idea, right? I thought it was pretty cool. They're only now we're discovering that this fucking song is fucking up laptops, because let's face it, back in the 80s when Janet Jackson was releasing this, a laptop wasn't a thing. Like, if you had a laptop, you had to have the biggest fucking lap in the world, right? Because you'd have like 50 kilos worth of equipment sitting on your knees. But anyway, these days, Seems to fuck it up. So let me know if you have one of those laptops that fucks up if they play Rhythm Nation. But I, I like, I went down a bit of rabbit hole figuring out like why it's happened, why it's not. Like, I think some manufacturers of of hard drives these days figure out their fucking resonant frequencies and put a little bit of a filter on them so that that frequency is never actually played by your laptop, so it would never fuck up the hard drive. So just think about that. That's probably in every single laptop because of obviously an actual spinning. I mean, if you have a solid state fucking hard drive, a different story. But if you go on the old platters that are spinning around, they've obviously got a resonant frequency based on their RPM or, and, or whatever. I think a lot of them spin at like 5,500 or some shit like that. Um, so whatever their resonant frequencies are, which is obviously going to be pretty fucking close um, to 84.2, because that's the one that seems to be affected by Janet Jackson's bass drop or whatever. Um, yeah, it's weird. So you, you kind of uh, figure out that you'll never hear the full song in its full spectrum of auditory goodness if you're using a laptop because of those fucking things. Isn't that a weird fucking historical curiosity? I thought it was, thought it was pretty cool. I don't know. And it got me a chance to tell you about those fucking pitch inflation sort of ideas. It's like, yeah. Anybody can tune to whatever frequency they want. Everything's going to be in harmony with that, right? Um, and yeah, it's a bit of a competition to see what fucking sounds best, really. That's what all music is, is whatever the fuck sounds best, hey? Um, if you want to know more about this sort of shit, I checked out a video that was pretty comprehensive, more so than this stupid podcast, um, by a guy named Adam Neely, who's a fucking great musician. Cool guy. Check out his YouTube channel. No links in the description, guys. I'm not going to do it. You gotta listen to the podcast and you're gonna check out fucking Adam Neely. All right, whatever. Enough with fucking Jack Jackson and Rhythm Nation. It's not even a good song anyway. Like, I think the most embarrassing thing is not that your fucking hard drive crashed, it's that you were rocking Rhythm Nation in this day and age. Jesus Christ, get it together. On to some new music this week, guys.
Mm. We normally order things where I'll do like the smallest things, like a single um, and uh, an EP and beat build up to a fucking album. But let's fucking flip it on its head today. <laughs> I'll start off with a fucking cool album that I checked out uh, from an Australian prog rock band called The Butterfly Effect. Um, a lot of you guys, if you're, you're into bands like Carnival and Cog, you would definitely know fucking Butterfly Effect. They were rocking it uh, back in those early 2000 days as well. I'm sure there was tours going on that had all three of those aforementioned bands um, on the list there. Uh, but they've just released a, a new album, their first one since 2008, I believe. 2008. I mean, they did do something in 2016, but it was like a B-Sides and Rarities album. Don't know if you want to count that. But so it's been a fucking while since these guys. And I liked them a little bit back in those days. I mean, they were definitely in the genre. I kind of thought they were a bit of a try-hardy kind of band. I, and I did pick them like kind of ripping off Carnival stuff because they, they were definitely more popular than Carnival when Carnival was, you know, in its infancy back in those early 2000s. Um, but they were always fine nonetheless. This album's cool. It's called Four in Roman numerals. So it's 1V or IV. Maybe the album's just called IV. I don't fucking know. Um, but I'm guessing it's four. Maybe it's their fourth album. Who knows? I should know, but I don't. I'm going to make a wild guess and say, yes, it is the fourth album. And I knew that all along. Let's go with that. That'll do. So, Butterfly Effect 4. It's a good album. It's got all the fucking riffage and, like, interesting drums. The drummer is one of these guys that's, like, purposely putting the snare in a wrong spot to try and create a new groove. And it works a lot of the time. Kind of feels a bit forced sometimes. I don't know. Maybe something like that. Check it out for yourself if you like your prog rocky sort of stuff. And the, the vocalist has got this, um, not this dual vocal thing that's going on in like the, the screamo, emo, hardcore sort of world where you have like the scream voice and then the clean voice. He does blend those two, but he has both extremes, right? He can definitely sing and wail and he can definitely sort of put the grit on when he fucking needs to. It's pretty cool. Didn't really care for a lot of the um, subject matter that I was singing about, a lot, uh, you know, whatever. The lyrics were kind of, um, I don't know, I want to say obvious would be a good way. Obvious lyrics, just simple, simple stuff every now and then. I don't know. I might have to listen to it again. I mean, I've gone through maybe, uh, I listened to it once and then I went through a couple of other tracks and I fucking enjoyed it. So I hope you guys check it out as well. It's called Four in Roman numerals, uh, from the Butterfly Effect, out of um, the east coast of Australia. And they're doing all right. Let's go something different this time. What? Oh, the next recommendation um, comes from none other um, than a fucking one of the cast of characters here on this podcast, Curtis. Um, he said he was checking out the new Time Cop 1983 album, so I decided to as well. So Time Cop 1983... Have you guys ever heard of them? Well, not them, him. It's one guy. It's a guy named Geordie. Uh, Geordie uh, Lena Ertz. Lena Ertz? I don't know how to pronounce that name. I'm sorry, Geordie, if you listen to this podcast, and I know you are. Um, I do apologize for butchering your surname. You should fucking call me and, and tell me how to really pronounce it. So Geordie, 
aka Time Cop 1983. He's got an EP out um, called Multiverse. And Time Cop 1983, like, I love the idea of this project because it's literally just trying to capture the essence of the synth wavy thing going on in the 80s. Um, but, you know, obviously with modern production techniques and stuff like that. But vibe wise, it's fucking casual, cool, not in your face, not trying to make you fucking dance like a retard. It's just cool, synth wavy sort of textures. Little licks. A bit of guitar in one of the songs, I noticed. Um, and it's a decent little EP. It's only coming in at like 20, 25 minutes. So definitely worth checking it out. If you like that sort of synth wavy, 80s inspired sort of just background music. All instrumental, by the way, guys. No vocals in this um, EP. Don't expect them. They're not coming. They're just there. So when you hear these songs start, that's the pocket you're in for the rest of the fucking album. EP, I should say. Although... We've talked about this before. Anything over 20 minutes kind of counts as an album these days. So why not milk that? I don't know. Do bands get paid more if they call it an album? I guess it depends on their fucking record label and whatever deal they happen to have struck up with their managers or whatever. All those other fucking vampires taking their soul. Mm. All right. So we went from an album to an EP. Now onto a single. Or as I would normally say... Single, signal, God, I'm a retard. I keep on mixing those things up. Bjork is back. Bjork. Bjork? Bjork. Whatever the fuck you want to say. I'm pretty sure it's Bjork. Schwergen. Or whatever. They like to do E's instead of O's. Uh, well, they pronounce it E when it's an O. So I think it's Bjork. Um, and she's got a new single out called um, Adipus. Atopus. Adipus. Anyway, A-T-O-P-O-S. Adipus. Whatever. She's Icelandic. She's quirky and Icelandic. I don't know if you could be otherwise. I think all Icelandic people are pretty quirky. Maybe. I hope so. I'd like to go there one day. Um, anyway, this is from an upcoming album that I'm excited to hear because it's been a while since I've been sort of blown away with Björk's music and I'm a fucking huge Björk fan, guys. Like fucking... Her musicality and her just fucking twisted take on, on songs and what a structure could be or what a melody could be or what notes would work or don't work and what fucking like, instruments you could even use for that kind of thing. It's fucking all over the shop. So if you're a Björk fan, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. She is awesome. And holy fuck can she sing. So she's got a new um, single out, obviously. Adipus coming from this new album, which is scheduled for release September 30. So a couple of weeks from now, guys, we'll definitely be fucking talking about it when it drops. Um, the album's going to be called uh, Fasora. Again, no idea if I'm uh, pronouncing these things correctly. Don't really care. Um, as far as I can tell, Bjerk sings in English, right? But then the names of the songs are fucking usually English words, but then every now and then you get hit with a fucking fossora. And it's not thesaurus, it's fossora. Fossora. Fossora? Fossora. Because it's got a double S. Fossora? But it's not a double R. Fuck. I don't know. Don't know how to pronounce it. But anyway, I enjoyed the song. It was in the exact same element of Bjerk's sort of quirky shit. And. I'm expecting this album to kind of be in that same sort of vein, right? 
And I love it. Like, she's experimented with heaps of fucked up bullshit, you know? She's done a whole album with fucking Mike Patton, just vocals only, right? That was a hell of an album. So, obviously, well-respected in the music world, well-respected in my fucking musical world, that's for sure. And so, yeah, check that one out and look forward to the new album because it's fucking Björk. If you don't have a fucking education on Björk, there's a million songs you could check out. Everybody loves fucking Hyper Ballad, um, Yoga, which I guess would be yoga. If it's Björk, it should be yoga. It's a soft J, right? Um, what other ones come to fucking mind? Uh, all is full of love. Fucking all these great fucking songs. But I thought I'd leave you today with another great Björk song, just to get you excited for the fucking album. Um, this is from 1997, um, from an album called Homogenic, which I do have on vinyl. It's part of my collection. I do love this album, start to finish. There's a track on there called Alarm Call, and it's one of the rare instances that you get to hear Björk swear, which is pretty fucking cool hearing some fucking little tiny Icelandic chick that does, probably doesn't even really know what the word fuck means, but using it. And what a fucking line she uses it for. I'm no fucking Buddhist, but this is enlightenment. Wicked. Good for her. The song's called Alarm Call from 1997, guys. That'll do for the podcast today. Sorry if that was a bit boring with that fucking Janet Jackson thing. I thought that was interesting. But, you know, I'm a fucking weirdo with this music bullshit, so... I'll try and steer away from that stuff in the future, maybe. Unless you loved it. And then I'll fucking lean into it. Whatever. This is the Jamming Podcast, guys. You're about to listen to some fucking Bjork, Bjork, nonsense, whatever the fuck it is. Take care now. Bye-bye then.
Yeah.